I've been doing this for six years. It's the only job I've had as a nurse practitioner. And I'm shocked the amount of things that are new to treatment just in a six-year period. Wow. Obviously, the chronic pain is such a burden on the U.S. Overall, that there are people out there constantly trying to develop new treatments and options for patients that, you know, even when I started, we didn't have options for certain problems. And now I'm already seeing that we're able to implement new mm-hmm. treatments to help these people get better. Thank you so much for joining us for Valley Health Check with Horizon Health. Now, we did another podcast talking about back pain, and we encourage you to go back and be sure and check that out. But we're still going to deal with pain a little bit today. And from Horizon Health, we have Aaron Frank. And when I talk about pain, that's not me uh, giving you guys some pain for being a part of this. But uh, no, we have a very special guest to talk a little bit about uh, pain today. Yeah, as always, we appreciate you having us, Kevin. Thank you very much. Today, I have with me Dax Duncan. He's a nurse practitioner and a pain management specialist, new to the Horizon Health family. So we're very excited to have Dax with us. And that's located here in Terre Haute, right? Yes. Dax is part of our new branch, Sycamore Pain and Wellness. They are led by Dr. Pendergast and located out on Route 46. Perfect. Very, very convenient. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about pain clinic today. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So I guess the basic thing to ask, what is a pain clinic? Well, so I think the pain clinic has evolved a lot over the last two decades. So obviously, if you watch the news most, they talk a lot about the opioid epidemic. And a lot of people think, well, pain clinics are where that came from, you know, pill mills and, and prescribing uh, controlled substances. But, you know, I look at this much differently now. And I, I, I call us, you know, all the time I say we're diagnosticians. So our goal is if you refer a patient in, let's identify exactly what the problem is and see if we can get them on a treatment pathway quickly to make them feel better. So, you know, if they've gone through a lot of the conservative stuff, you know, a lot, oftentimes they land in our clinic a month or two later. So we can kind of work on identifying what the problem is. You know, my biggest concern is patients' uh, pain goes on longer and longer. All the things that set in, disability, loss of employment, depression, anxiety, uh, fear avoidance where they start avoiding activity. And once you get to that point, it's more challenging to treat the patient. And they need more of a multidisciplinary uh, approach with a lot of different treatment options, which we do offer in our clinic. But, you know, kind of what I tell when I talk to my referring providers is get these patients here early so we can identify what's going on. Really, our, our focus now is trying to find how to treat patients with non-pain medication treatments. And that's, I'm talking controlled substances because of the, the risk of the opioids. There's a lot of bad side effects, constipation, um, sleepiness, uh, addiction. We develop tolerance as they go on. And it's just like, you know, alcohol. As you use more, it doesn't work as well. So we want to try to identify how do we manage this without those medications. And I think a lot of people, especially, you know, younger population say, well, I don't need to go to a pain clinic. I don't need pain medication. Well, that's actually not the majority of what we do mm-hmm. these days. Right. And yeah. that's why I love this podcast. It's mm-hmm. a learning thing, you know, because, you know, we talk a lot in our last segment, talking pain of those stretching and different things that you can do preventatively mm-hmm. and then you won't find yourself in this boat. Mm-hmm. I have had negative reactions to pain medication mm-hmm. where I never wanted to take it again mm-hmm. because it just was just too much. And like you said also, you don't you don't want to go down another road to where you have some type of addiction and right. then you're in all kind of mm-hmm. a world of different kind of pain. Yeah. Uh, but so there's that's why we need to learn a little bit about this. You're not a pill mill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a place to help uh, get you to a better place no matter what your issues are. I can only assume. Right. And, and, I, and I'm not going to say that there's not any patients that are appropriate for those types of medications. Um, some patients, you know, they, they've gone through all the conservative treatment, they have a significant problem or trauma, and uh, we can't help them. And, and there are patients that are appropriate to be on those types of medications. But a lot of people have the experience like yourself, they maybe injured something, they gave them some medication, and it made them feel really bad, yeah. or they had a lot of negative side effects. So um, we've just seen kind of the risk and the problems with being on those medications long term. So we want to try to identify treatment plans that avoid those medications and only use them when we really need them. They, they, they're still beneficial for short term use. 
you know, after right. surgery or something, that's that's when they're great. But for a chronic pain issues, we're mm-hmm. trying to kind of focus on different treatment modalities. And I'm not a doctor, but I can only imagine that can lead to more problems, not only sure mentally, physically, but, you know, if you become dependent upon something, it's really not going to fix your issue. Right. Well, and for me, it's super interesting that um, that perception exists and that that perception is out there. I guess maybe I'm too close to it, but to me, a pain clinic means trying everything else before you have to go to that because that's there's a, a specialist there who knows all the ins and outs of pain and all the options to treat it instead of the maybe generic or the easier option. So right. to me, yeah. I think the opposite. I want to seek out a pain clinic because I want to know all of my options aside from that opioid path. I yeah. agree with you. When I saw mm-hmm. that, I thought this is someone, a specialist to help me with my issue. Right. Uh, and I think that's what we need to spread the word to most people so they yeah. know that's the correct way to go about it. Back to the getting getting to the root of the pain and, yes. and figuring out right. the cause and, and that yeah. diagnostician right. idea. Right. And it, it, it's just, it's, it's surprising to think that that still occurs because, you know, I've had people, hey, will you go check on this person? I, I think they have a back issue. I think you could maybe help them. And I sit down there like, oh, you work in a pain clinic. I, I don't need any pain medication. <laughs> and and, and a, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people just don't know what all we have to offer. That's interesting. Now, what would you tell someone why they would need to go to a pain clinic? So once they've kind of, let's say they have onset of a back pain or a neck pain, once they've kind of gone through um, some period of time, maybe some rest, um, over-the-counter medication, their primary care provider may refer them to some physical therapy. They're not getting better and that pain starting to affect their overall quality of life, ability to do their job. That's when it'd be a good time to get a referral into a pain center so they could be evaluated and identify the pain generator so we can kind of work on a treatment plan to make them feel better. I have to be honest with you, there's so many people in my past Mm -hmm. that have had issues but did not have the knowledge of what we're talking about. I almost wish I could go back in time mm-hmm. and, and say, hey, you need to do this, you know, because there are some steps to take that's not, you know, don't ignore it, A, and B, you don't have to go drastically into pain meds mm-hmm. uh, to fix your problem. There mm-hmm. is a happy medium in there, right? Well, and I think talking about your past brings up a good point too. We need to also remember that medicine is super, super evolutionary. That's true So too, yes. what, what you went through five years ago may have a different option for you um, five years down the road. So mm-hmm. to, to go circle back and say, hey, that didn't really feel super effective. Is is that my only option again now? Or is there something different that we can look into? You, you make a great point there because I've seen that. I've been doing this for six years. It's the only job I've had as a nurse practitioner. And I'm shocked the amount of things that are new to treatment just in a six-year period. Wow. Obviously, the chronic pain is such a burden on the U.S. Overall, that there are people out there constantly trying to develop new treatments and options for patients that, you know, even when I started, we didn't have options for certain problems. And now I'm already seeing that we're able able to implement new Mm -hmm. treatments to help these people get better. That's awesome. I mean, I'm glad we're highlighting that because there are options. Now, I look back to my dad, you know, uh, going to work and having these issues. You know, those are the days where, yeah, put some dirt on it. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. Uh, there are so many beneficial options like this yeah. that can help you. So can we dig into those a little? I mean, we know that there are medications. So it could you could start with over-the-counter pain relievers. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go to some non-opioid medications. And then, of course, there are the opioid medications, which we're trying to avoid at most cost. Um, what else? You know, I'm very fortunate to work with an anesthesiologist. Um, he's board certified in pain management, and he's been trained on a lot of different types of injections and procedures to help people with chronic spinal pain. And it's not just spinal pain. We have other areas we treat, but that's kind of the focus of most of our treatments. So obviously when we get the patient in, um, we're going to go through a history, all of our providers will. And, you know, I I joke and tell people really what I need to know is where you hurt, what makes it worse and what makes it better, because that's (laughs) going to give us a lot of guidance on what we're concerned is causing their pain. Um, We do a physical exam. Obviously we're going to look and make sure there's no, what we call red flag symptoms. It could be weakness in their arms or legs, loss of bowel or bladder control, numbness in different areas. So, you know, if we pick up on that, um, maybe we're 
do an exam and all of a sudden your testing strength and one side's much weaker. You know, if they don't have an MRI, we're going to get an MRI and, and we're going to move that patient on to the next level of care to a, a surgeon to take a look at that because the longer that goes on, the more likely we may not be able to help them recover mm-hmm. that strength. So um, if we see that there's no red flags and they're having just purely back pain, there's a couple different types of treatments or I would say areas where I see most of that come from. So our younger patients, you know, 50 and younger, most often it's a disc injury. Now, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of um, injection or type treatments. Those patients, we really need to focus on physical therapy, core strengthening and some anti-inflammatories. And if you learn to strengthen the core and change some of your habits to not put stress on that disc, they can get better long term. Now, our uh, population, 55 or older, a lot of them have chronic facet joint pain. Um, It's a joint in the posterior part of the spine, and it can cause patients back pain when they stand and walk. They sit down, usually it'll go away. Sometimes when they lie down flat in bed, it's painful. Um, Dr. Pendergast is able to do something called a medial branch block and a radiofrequency ablation. So what they actually do is they block a nerve in the spine mm-hmm. that sends a pain signal from that joint to the brain. Okay? So cool. This is done that under... Is ama- that's yeah. a movie. That's, it's really neat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? That's pretty impressive. You see that. space yeah. goggles yeah. and <laughs> helmets. And- <laughs> we will redirect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is all done under x-ray and if the patient gets relief, you know, we're going to send them home. they got about a three to six hour period when that medication's in effect. If they get relief during that period of time on two separate occasions, at least two weeks apart, um, we can actually go in later and he places an electrode near that nerve through a needle and he burns it. Okay. It does not destroy that nerve, but it damages it so it can't transmit a pain signal for six to 12 months. As long as they get 50% relief for six months, um, we can repeat this annually to control their pain because this is not a surgical problem. Right. Um, It's just something, you know, it's an an arthritis problem that occurs as we age. So it happens. And Mm -hmm. and this pretty much you touched on something maybe 10 years ago that wouldn't have even thought of. Right. Kind of going in the line of what we're seeing as as it progresses. Mm -hmm. Now, it's got to be cool for you. You can only assume what you do. Uh, You deal with pain, you do, but you get to see the evolution of someone coming in there Mm -hmm. uh, with some issues. You teach them, they learn, and it's got to be fulfilling to see them in less pain and living a better life. That's so true because I tell you what, I mean, some days it's a really hard job. It can be really stressful. You know, obviously by the time the patients get to us, some of them are are pretty frustrated because they feel like nobody's tried to help them. And, you know, usually you can reel those people in and and once you see progress and you reduce someone's pain, improve their quality of life and their function, there's nothing more rewarding, I don't think, in healthcare. I mean, no offense to what other people do, but prescribing a medication for something that a patient can't feel or affect their quality of life, um, I just, it it is. It's those outcomes and what you see, those improvements literally are what keep us doing what we do every day. And, and I'm sure that's one of many things that uh, Sycamore Pain and Wellness, uh, what makes that unique? Are there any other things that you can mention? Yeah, so um, some of the other common injections we do, something I even see in younger people um, and a lot of, I think this is one of those we've talked about, a lot of people just go on and on and they don't do anything about it is pelvic dysfunction, particularly the something called the sacroiliac joint. Um, it can be pain up right along the waistline, sometimes some pain in the butt or thigh as well. Usually it's just due to poor alignment in the pelvic region and and you start getting those surfaces rubbing against each other and con- causing some inflammation and pain. That doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of those patients, you get them started in physical therapy with some anti-inflammatories. The physical therapist is going to help them realign that joint, strengthen all the muscles to support it and keep it there. Occasionally come in, it's still inflamed afterwards. Dr. Pendergast can do a, what's called a sacroiliac joint injection, which is an x-ray guided injection into that SI joint to get the inflammation down. And then the most important thing going forward is going to be the exercise to maintain that alignment and prevent pain from coming back. Ironically enough, when you said pain in the butt, I thought of myself. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but all kidding aside, yeah. some wonderful, wonderful yeah. information. Do me a favor, Sycamore Pain and Wellness, once 
once again, where's that located? Uh, located on Highway 46 at uh, 46 in Holman. It used to be the Harrison College building. Okay, good. I just want people to know because we're talking about things and it sparks something in you. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, I need to talk to somebody about this. We want to let them know what to do. Well, mm-hmm. and as we talk about Sycamore Pain and Wellness specifically, we do need to segue into some of the some of the things that you guys offer in your clinic that does make you um, a little more unique. They are really big on the holistic approach to pain. So DAX has gone through a lot of treatments to address pain, physical pain, but there can be more to pain than just the physical problems, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the um, robustness? Is the, I don't think that's a word. I like it. You know what it's I not mean? Like comprehensive. The, the comprehensive. Comprehensive. Thank you. The comprehensive factor of your team and, and the components you guys offer beyond the traditional pain treatment. So when Dr. Pendergast started assembling his team of uh, pain providers, you know, he really wanted to focus on a holistic approach. It's something I think has not been utilized a whole lot because it's maybe not the most best thing for a business in regards to financial gain, but his focus has really been on what's the best treatment for the patient. And we've seen that, you know, focusing on the patient as a whole can help improve long-term. So obviously we've talked about pain can trigger anxiety and depression. We do have psychiatric providers, a psychiatric nurse practitioner, and a pain psychologist in our clinic to kind of work with those patients on optimizing their mood. That's great. And by improving their overall mood and not feeling so down and depressed, it actually improves pain because we've seen that patients dealing with depression, anxiety, it actually intensifies their pain and makes it much worse. Oh, I can only imagine your your thought process, your positivity, it, it makes things so much better. Uh-huh. That's that's kind of full circle uh, providing uh, for the folks. Wow, that's, that's, that's really neat. Yeah, and some of the other things we have, we do have a particular provider that focuses on just kind of, we call her a wellness provider. So she focuses on optimization of nutrition and lifestyle to promote an improvement in your pain. So a lot of things we eat in the traditional American diet is highly inflammatory to our body. Mm-hmm. And she tries to educate patients on how to eat appropriate portions, how to choose anti-inflammatory foods that will reduce their pain overall and improve their health. And we've seen obviously obesity play a role in dealing with chronic or causing chronic pain. So um, she's going to help those patients try to lose weight. And some of the patients that come in, for instance, may need a knee replacement, but their orthopedic surgeon tells them you've got to lose 60 pounds. In order um, to get and a lot of people don't know what to do. So we actually have some orthopedic providers that refer patients to uh, Casey Rogers to help them work on the weight loss set goals. She'll check in with the patient, give them recommendations on food and recipes to eat. And she'll check in with them pretty frequently to track their progress because a lot of people need that accountability piece. And, you know, maybe they don't have someone at home that can help them. Um, our, you know, our providers, at the clinic can be that, that for them. I, I got to be honest with you that I think personally is huge because I, because of issues I've had with diverticulitis, mm-hmm. I found that the changing of the diet and the, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm the fast food and the stuff you eating, I automatically lost mm-hmm. 20 some odd pounds. Mm-hmm. The pains, the, they were gone. Mm-hmm. So actually what you're saying is, mm-hmm. is so beneficial in so many ways and you have it all right there. Yes. It's pretty amazing to me. That's awesome. So pain-free is a, a nice thing to say and we would all love to be there, but knowing that there are options to help and they might not be what you thought they were. So as we talk through things, it's apparent that you guys have a pretty big toolbox of resources to treat these patients. Um, what Are there any other high points we didn't talk through or any specialized treatments, a little more advanced treatments that you do particularly? We've been very fortunate that our clinic as a whole has done a lot of training, and particularly Dr. Pendergast has improved his skill set to do something called spinal cord stimulation. So spinal cord stimulation, you know, I tell people a lot of times uh, the device is kind of like a, a pacemaker for your spine. So a lot of people know what a pacemaker is. It helps, yeah, sure. helps their heart keep ticking. 
pain. Um, so this device is something that we can trial and implant on patients that are dealing with chronic spinal pain. So maybe they have a pinched nerve in their back. They've had an epidural and it's not worked. And either they've already had surgery or they cannot have surgery due to their health. This is a minor procedure that can be done outpatient um, that can sometimes help control their pain long term. So what happens is you initially do a trial. So you identify a patient. It's very important you identify the appropriate patient that they have nerve type pain in their legs or arms or their back. And you take them through a series of treatments. They've exhausted all their conservative treatment options. We Every patient has to do what's called a psychological evaluation beforehand. It's required by insurance to make sure they have appropriate expectations of what this device can provide, as well as um, no other, any psychiatric problems that may get in the way of patient, successful treatment. Um, so what happens is Dr. Pendergast would, um, under x-ray, place two needles into the spinal canal and they would run two leads up. So these are plastic polyurethane leads with some electrode contacts on there and they're placed on the back of the spinal cord. So what they do is they're actually going to provide a non-painful signal that's going to intercept the bad signals before they reach their brain. Okay. So what happens is they're dealing with this chronic pain problem, severe nerve pain in their legs. There's no other way to fix it. And we can block a lot of that pain so we can assess if this device could provide pain relief. So what happens is we put those temporary leads in, we tape a generator to their back and then they get a big dressing. So they, for a week, they go home and they test this out. It may be a three-day trial or it may be a seven-day trial. They're going to assess how much pain relief they have, what kind of functional improvements can they stand and walk longer. A lot of times the husbands get dragged to Walmart to walk around the store to see if they can do it. They don't get to sit in the car. Um, They're going to assess their mood, their sleep. Um, Does it affect, are they able to take less pain medication? And if they come back a week later, I'm going to ask them, how do they respond to all that in regards to their function, their pain level, the percentage of relief, and all those other factors to see, hey, would this device improve their quality of life? And if it will, we implant a device permanently. And it's implanted two leads permanently in the spine, and then you get a small gen that's a battery pack that lasts anywhere from five to 10 years to control their pain long-term. So, that is amazing. Yeah. Well, and I think the pacemaker example is super helpful yeah. because it sounds a little scary, you know, the battery life and the device. And But if we look at the, the success that pacemakers have had for yes. years now, and mm-hmm. it sounds like that's sort of modeled off that, that mm-hmm. does provide some comfort. Right. We're very fortunate to live in a time that, you know, maybe five to 10 years ago, uh, a lot of people I talked to that are in pain management said, you know, we were 50% of patients are getting 50% relief. Our outcomes are improved as they advance software and how we deliver the energy to the spinal cord that we're seeing a lot of great outcomes. Some patients can get up to 80 to 90% of relief to maintain, um, you know, a lower pain level and function long-term. I know that's one thing we haven't talked about and I, I don't think we need to take a deep dive into it, but I've had this conversation with a lot of physical therapists over the years, just about the expectations associated with improvement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you make a great point, mm-hmm. 80 to 90% relief is, is really, really good. What should those expectations be? So that, that is very important. And that's part of the prep work we do before we implant a device like this because number one, if the patient's expectation is pain-free, right. we're going to stop right. because it's very hard for anybody with a significant p- spinal problem to get to a pain-free state. Um, have I, have we had that happen occasionally, but most patients, you know, you got to find, you know, and I try to prep them and I try to set a little, almost lower expectations so that they don't get too excited and expect too much. But you know, if for 10 to 15 years, you've had chronic pain and you've never walked a mile, you're not going to put this device in, get a significant reduction in pain and go run and Sprint you know, that mile. Do a three you know. mile. So, <laughs> right. you know, making sure they have good expectations and appropriate expectations beforehand is going to help set you up for success afterwards. Well, Dax, thank you so much. Uh, of course, Sycamore Pain and Wellness, Horizon Health. These podcasts are so useful to learn and to to. To, to learn, basically, and, and get some more information. Aaron, we appreciate you uh, bringing these folks in here for us to learn. MyHorizonHealth.org. Dax, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. Thanks for having me. Aaron, thank you. Thank you. 